If you'd like to help us pay our guests and produce the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash what's my thesis. And if you rate and review us five stars, that helps people find us. So please do that as well. This week's shout out goes to a new patron, Bethany Irons. Bethany is an artist that uses photography and she is currently working on a project where she takes Belfies, which I don't know if you're familiar with a Belfie, but that's the selfie that you take looking over your shoulder of your butt and your, I guess you'd take your whole body. But what she does is she takes these pictures and she photoshops eyes looking back at you on each butt cheek. So while you're judging her butt, her butt is judging you. Yeah, yeah. I would say I'm definitely most interested in the worthless areas. Yeah. yeah. Going back to what you were saying about Instagram, I think that that's how, like, <laughs> your name is uh, Michael Wood. Yes, that's, and, that's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think we were hanging out at someone's opening. Um, you know Bryce yeah, and, and yeah. those people. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and he was, um, and, and you mentioned, like, that your name was Micah, and I immediately knew that I followed you because I'm like, how many Micahs are there? <laughs> yeah. Are there a lot of Micahs? There, uh, no, I don't think so. But I was immediately, like, almost like in irony of how I fuck up everyone's name on the show because I, <laughs> I was like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's, uh, you know, some people say Mika. Mika. Maybe if they're um, not, I guess, like... Maybe potentially na- like native speakers, or like they're European or Latin mm. American, or something like that. Where are you from originally? Um, the Midwest, Iowa. Iowa, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've gotten a few downloads in Iowa. Yeah. So we're rep- There's representation here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but I moved to California. Um, my parents live in Indiana, uh-huh. uh, near Chicago. So I spent a lot of time in Chicago growing up. My sisters live there currently. It's a pretty crazy town. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, you know, seasons. Yeah, uh, like Michigan, but like brutal. I've only been for the summer. It's <laughs> crazy, man. I I've, I've, I went for the summer and I saw how happy everybody is and out to be outdoors. And I was like, I yeah. come from Miami where yeah. it's like, let's not go out. It's sticky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, it was really like. It show it shows how terrifying the winters are just by how like oh my gosh <laughs> everybody's out yeah yeah two winters ago I was there for New Year's Eve and oh I, cool I did um, it must have been cold uh, New Year's Day I do an, an annual polar plunge okay so is that where you go into like hot water and then you go co- to, into cold water uh, or, I wish or, there was ho- I wish there was hot water <laughs> it's just cold water. <laughs> 
the hot water is just for it's just the air yeah. yeah yeah it was amazing i yeah i try and do it every year in some kind of body of water and and this isn't dangerous in any way i mean i mean you, people if do, you do it, it but... yeah if you do it right yeah you don't stay in for very long but like it's dangerous if you do it right <laughs> yeah it's crazy i mean there was a bunch of people who had already done it and they built like a campfire like on the beach uh-huh. for like everyone to like warm up afterwards and it was just so like tranquil and vaguely like scandinavian i guess that's how i felt about it but like in yeah in chicago you can't hear the skepticism in my face right now <laughs> i love it I, yeah i love no i get it i I, to- I can totally see how that uh you know it sounds like uh skydiving kind of a thing where you <laughs> yeah the adrenaline you put just your, sh- your shoots right through this, you yeah yeah it's great i i saw this uh talk a while ago uh it's lectured by this guy wim hoff uh, okay. It's called the Iceman, uh, right. and he. Uh, it's th- not about the killer. No, who's the killer? He's um, the Iceman killer is this famous guy that uh, was just a sociopath, but also a hitman. No, wow! For was, the mob, and wow. he he like oh, he has yeah. crazy stories about just like how he would hang people over his shoulder. Anyway, wow. <laughs> completely <laughs> opposite of where you wanted to take this. Um, <laughs> so, Iceman is this Iceman is a different one. His uh, his name's Wim Hof. Um, I th- believe he's uh, either Belgian or Dutch, and um, through through basically meditation and like kind of controlling his mind and through mm-hmm. breathing, especially through breathing, he can uh, change his core body temperature. Oh, okay. Yeah, I uh, I also saw that uh, Inuit people, like in Alaska or whatever, I, I just saw a documentary where, someone, where these people were trying to figure out how they were like doing a yeah. thing on how to survive yeah. out there and deal with like snow blindness where they put like a bunch of buckets on people's heads Whoa. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and, made the, and then made them try to find their way through the camp so they could get a sense of like wow. what it was. But there was an Inuit guy there and he was just hanging out in like nothing like, you know, just a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, but I've never heard of somebody that could like physically like change yeah. their temperature. Yeah. He's like been like done tons of studies have been done on him. Like. Yeah, like he, like through this breathing technique he has, um, and like he'll like talk people through it too. You can learn about it. And, and like you can, have you, can you train, have, have other people been able to train themselves? Definitely, yeah. Oh, okay, so it's, it's yeah. not like a genetic mutation that people are studying. It's no. a practice that no, you can No, it's a do. practice, yeah. So it's like uh, those like really intense yoga practices that like. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, yeah, dry, yeah. Is that shit real where like people can like bend swords <laughs> or, or am i confusing that with well my friend actually just walked over coals uh in texas i think he was at something you know just like through like kind of breathing it, it took like two hours essentially before he walked over these coals yeah. but um yeah he only got like one minor burn on like really his heel i think i saw bill nye do one do a thing on that on his uh, new new show Bill Nye Saves the World. Where, oh wow! But he and and he was saying that like it's it's not to be like a science skeptic to the story you just told. I feel like a dick. No, but, no, no, but no. he was saying that it's actually just a matter of like if you walk steady enough. Um, he had the guy Faison, what's his name from um, the guy that was in Clueless back in the day, the the black guy with the braces. Do you, did you ever watch? Yeah, Clueless? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that guy who was also in Scrubs and a bunch of uh, other stuff. Oh, okay, 
like Huey does it with uh, with Bill Nye, and I think that. I mean, I don't mean to cast aspersions, but I would imagine that he's not the most meditative yogi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just through like, yeah, yeah, spreading like. The but surface. this sounds different, though. The like, I mean, I think that that's like the coals. The thing, the, the the ability to, I guess, what I'm trying to figure out is it is it real? Like, could you actually replicate it? Like, or no? Could you like the the one in particular is? I think I've seen like monks that could like through will. Get stabbed and bent steel, but I don't. I don't know if that's from a movie that I saw, <laughs> or if this was like a meditative thing. But I'm overlapping that with like laying on a nail of beds. But I guess that like would also be just a distribution of weight. Yeah, yeah. Right, so it's right. not like a mental thing. Yeah, I'm trying to find like what is real from what I know. <laughs> and yeah, what is, I'm like, super fantasy. into all that stuff. I mean, in school, I, I actually interviewed this guy. Um, I'm blinking on his name now. Uh, uh, Ahai was his first name. Anyway, he was like this leader of this kind of movement called um, uh, Living on Light. Okay. Uh, and he's a, he was a, um, or currently is a breatharian. Okay. <laughs> Which means... He, he, he doesn't eat anything but air? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah. A, oh, for real? For real. <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> no, no, yeah. A breatharian. Breatharian or lightitarian. They they essentially <laughs> believe. Uh, I think it's really to, fascinating. Uh, of living off of the nutrients that <laughs> their body is already has by like eroding themselves from the inside. Yeah, you do. <laughs> no, he doesn't eat for a month. Oh, but like that's like more akin to fasting. I was like, it is I'm disappointed that he has fast. to eat anything. If you're fucking, yeah, no, no, yeah, he ended for like a long time. You can time. call yourself an eritarian yeah, if yeah. you eat anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's like calling yourself a vegetarian and you have steak. Yeah, totally. He, but so it's like he does these things and like, yeah, you just get like you hallucinate basically for like almost a month. Fuck yeah, <laughs> like you know, you and you go to like crazy places and like. Yeah, it's fascinating. He had like a wow. lot, you know. So is, is, are we in, have we hit on your topic remotely or are we just kind of like shooting <laughs> no, the shit no, no, no. on it? I've like abandoned, I, I didn't do anything with that project. Like okay. <laughs> it was just fun research <laughs> because, you know, I'm, yeah, I yeah kind of grew up like around that stuff, like kind of adjacent to like things like that. My mom was really into kind of um like reiki and like um kind of healing touch yeah. and st- like still is doing practicing that and so kind of like yeah lots of different things but is this around. is this what you came to talk about like oh, or, or, no. or did we just stumble on it and you happen to know a lot that, about yeah it? i just happen to like be <laughs> interested in about, like uh, and people I guess that in like live pseudoscience of yeah <laughs> i think pseudoscience is fascinating it is it's a it's a very strong placebo thing i'm i'm not against it as long as people you know take their kids to the doctor and shit yeah yeah <laughs> vaccinate your kids yeah exactly that's not like <laughs> you know you can be it can be taken too far it's funny like ignorance is is not like when you grow up you're you're i guess like at least my parents they were like you know republicans the right side they're all just dummies and then like you grow up and you're like oh there's just idiots everywhere yeah <laughs> yeah there's two sides of the coin yeah it's like you can just be skeptical to like an unhealthy degree of uh, of things like yeah 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 I bet you there's lefty uh, flat earthers too. I don't think that that's like a, I think that that is not a symptomatic of political leaning, but rather like mistrust of information, of available information. Do you listen to that podcast? Uh, those two women in New York, 
the like the red wave. I'm sorry. To, <laughs> I I feel bad that as soon as you said the two women, I was like, in New York, I was like, oh no. But then I do listen to, <laughs> I listen to my my favorite murder. But like there was something immediately <laughs> where you said two women, and I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> I already know that I don't. <laughs> there, it's a it's, it's kind of like what you're talking about. It's like. They, it's like political, but it's pretty arty too. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot, they just like, they kind of like, you're like, are they kind of part of the alt-right? But are they also like liberal? Yeah. Like, it's just this, they definitely have this very healthy skepticism about kind of the world and about politics. And I think that in this country, there's like a confusion that happens because of like, uh, Race is the main thing. Like, I think in, in the UK, <laughs> I met British people that are racist and are not self-aware because because to some degree, there's like an ability to talk about class and position. And, and over here, since class is so much tied into race, like we never really talk about class. Yeah. And I think that like it's really rich people that are, it's not like a bunch of poor people that are like, don't vaccinate my kids. It's like, just like, you know, it, it, yeah, <laughs> there's yeah. dumb rich people with all political leanings. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they have the power to sort of get these things where they can like, you know. Yeah. And conservative rich people like collecting art and, yeah. and, 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 you know, and like supporting the arts. Like, yeah, yeah. And their intentions are like, so far against, like, you know, what most artists have. Yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating. <laughs> like, really scary if you kind no, of, like, really kind of think terrifying. about that kind of the market. It's like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> this guy reached out to me a few weeks ago who had been, like, kind of, kind of a supporter. And he sent me this, like, link where he was, like, being interviewed on Fox News. Yeah. About his, like, kind of political leanings and like uh, was he was he right wing or was he left wing super right wing okay because you yeah. know what's one of the weird things that's happening now that i've noticed is that like uh i think that like people on fox news are trying to spin things that are typically considered lefty yeah like like the, he the, especially tucker carlson who's a piece of shit but like he is appropriating some populist ideas of like and that's why he's having like mm. um like he's supporting really weird things. Like he's having people from the Gray Zone Project. They have a lot, he has a lot of like YouTubers come on uh, that <sighs> so that are weird. on the left, and, but like they don't get on. Like I've, he's had they've had Kal Kalinsky, they've had <sighs> Anya Parampil from the Gray Zone Project. Wow! And it's just this weird thing where they're like they're kind of trying to be like, hey, these reasonable ideas we could call them right, you know? Like yeah. so it's it's a it's a weird uh, weird thing like. And of course, the center's already gone so much to the right. Yeah. But I don't want to uh, straight like we've been talking for thirteen minutes. I want to get on onto your topic and <laughs> and stop. I, and 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 we can always get back into like yeah, you yeah. know we're gonna talk for two hours, but <laughs> I want to let people know what the uh, the main mission of this episode is. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, it's like I think there's like a web that I kind of have uh, that I kind of and kind of like constantly recycling through. Mm. ideas and and through research okay um you know it's so your practice is very research heavy (sighs) yeah it it is i i mean on first glance it might not look like that Uh um and i that's something i kind of struggle with is like how to where is the line between like intellectualizing paintings and not over intellectualizing paintings Uh i think when painting 
paintings are intellectualized too much. It's just for yeah. me, it's, it's gone. I don't I don't care much anymore, and like it's when I have to think about it so, like so so much. So, do you think that there's like o- almost too much of an impulse to break from its limitations and, and like try to make it more than it is, kind of thing? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and try yeah, exactly like making it like more about like the research behind it than about like what's kind of in the painting, what's in the painting, and like yeah. f- formal qualities and things like that. And yeah, that's interesting. Um, I would totally not be aware of any research that any painting has, I think, for the most part. Unless it's, like, specifically referencing a style a, a style of painting or something. Like, I, I, can't, I can't remember the guy's name, but the very regal, like, um, paintings of black people standing, you know, with, like... Um, Oh, just yeah. like the Gucci. Sure, sure, What's, sure. Do you know the guy's name? I feel I, I'm really bad. Ganda Wiley. What's that? Ganda Wiley. Ganda Wiley, probably. The, who take... did like the Obama portrait? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, he actually has uh, like a um, factory in China where his assistants, like a warehouse, where oh, really? pretty much like a lot of that work is um, kind of made. Wow. Yeah. That's my understanding, anyway. <laughs> I mean, obviously, he has a lot to say and like how they're like you know produced, but like when you're working on that scale and like that detail yeah, yeah, and that definitely. texture and that kind of like. So, are you a painter? I am. Yeah, okay. I do. Yeah, painting and sculpture, um, and uh, performance. Uh, I like to do like performance, usually in connection like with like the opening of okay. a show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and when the crowd's there, yeah, when the crowd's there, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but, Thank you for uh, coming. Come back Monday morning. Yeah, I'll like see you guys in a week, right? <laughs> Y'all be here. <laughs> um, so yeah, like Bactro says, like this, uh, you know, I definitely like uh, had a lot of fun in um, in grad school with like. I like talking about research and like geeking out on like painting and our history and then like you know obviously like spending a lot of time in the studio and like making a lot of bad work and mm. um, but yeah I kind of feel like I hit like a um, uh, a good place like in my last semester and then that kind of catapulted me to of grad school of grad school okay kind of uh, catapulted me uh, to this like. Um, residency I did that was research based that mm. I applied to, um, and it, uh, I did it immediately after grad school. Essentially, um, I spent a year in Paris mm-hmm. um, doing. I mean, I applied for like with this like research idea. I didn't actually have to like kind of um, follow through on it, <laughs> <laughs> which was great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just so I got to ha- like be in Paris, like. And they like funded me, and that's great. My uh, wife came over, and uh, uh-huh. and I had like a studio and like a like a live work situation. Um, but that was essentially about kind of like talking about uh, the work of uh, Gustave Courbet, um, okay. who was a French painter. I don't know if you're familiar. I'm very poorly versed in painting, especially like anything that's not modernist yeah. <laughs> and isn't Frank Stella yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or the green, like the Greenberg school and, and the break from that. That's like, totally. so I'm well, doing this show. I'm going to learn stuff. Yeah. Great. <laughs> you came here to teach me, sir. <laughs> I'm exploiting your knowledge. Um, 
Yeah, this is like I can totally like. Oh, you geek. know what? I actually realized the other day that I could. I have this huge screen, and I can just look it up instead of having. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We we can. So have you've a probably seen Corbett's work with this uh, one painting, the "Origins of the World," which is that um, kind of like uh, depiction, basically of like a woman spreading her legs, um, and there's like the is the view is like um, eye level, like looking like kind of at her genitalia wait now i really want to see this yeah (laughs) (laughs) sorry to be low bro (laughs) um so yeah so what's the guy's name gustave corbet ah i can spell there you go yeah all right self-portraits uh big yeah um all right cool now i get a sense of the style uh yeah, I guess if you French do, painter from what era? Um, like 1860s to like 1880s, I believe. Okay. Yeah, if you... Oh, there. Oh, I see. That's a bad depiction, but... Um, yeah, if you do Origins of the World, there's been lots of, you know, uh, uh, kind of, for lack of a better, remixes or kind of... I don't know, it's terrible. Yeah, like the Venus de Milo gets uh, yeah. appropriated. Um, a lot of protests about it because... Origin of the what? World. World. Because it is, um, you know, uh, certainly... Uh, Provocative. Uh, part of the male gaze kind of lineage of painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could totally get that. Uh, La Origine du Monde. I mean... Wh- <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty heavy-handed for contemporary tastes. <laughs> so that was made uh, be, uh, at the, as a commission from a... Um, I believe a uh, Turkish uh, um, kind of aristocrat, uh, and he asked Corbet to basically. This is kind of like softcore porn, essentially. Yeah, right? I feel like I need to clear my history. Is what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is like softcore porn for this like for this guy who who commissioned Corbet to do this, um, which is like one of the things historically in painting, right? Yeah, even yeah. the the Medici. Yeah, totally. Ha- and and in that period, there was a lot of like, ooh, let's make it a little sexy. Yeah, <laughs> this is like, yeah. So it was very rich people spending money for a and long being gauche <laughs> is what like we think of like classic art, yeah, <laughs> or Renaissance. Um, and it was it was essentially uh, in this guy's this this guy's collection, and then it just went to an attic for like for for decades uh, until. Somehow, until uh, a teenage boy, <laughs> Jacques Lacan got a hold of it. Jacques Lacan, yeah. Okay, who's that? Uh, um, a, another uh, French theorist. Um, okay, or just a French theorist um, who was like very uh, kind of influenced from Freud, and but had his own kind of like psychoanalytic kind of um, theories. Okay, that uh, were like different from Freud, but also. <laughs> Freudian and um so, so was Lacan, he, did he also subscribe to the mom uh the yeah, Oedipus the complex. complex stuff like that yeah yeah exactly um, yeah so now I'm thinking he was like he saw the painting he was like oh mom uh, yeah <laughs> he he bought it um and then he actually kind of uh because it was still this kind of somewhat of kind of a novelty painting right um yeah uh, he had his friend, the surrealist um, artist uh, Andre Messon, do a kind of surrealist 
take on La Origin du Monde. Okay. So like this like very kind of abstract uh, kind of version of it that he then put over La Origin du Monde in his parlor, mm-hmm. right? As a kind of like a, a fake a fake door essentially. So Lacan would have all these uh, uh, his friends over for dinner, like a big dinner party, and they'd be drinking and having fun. <laughs> and at the other night, Lacan would take away the uh, Masson fake painting uh-huh. and and reveal to everyone uh, L'Origin du <laughs> the Corbet original. And then, so fun fact, Lacan married uh, Sylvie Bataille, um, okay. George Bataille, uh, the theorist who kind of, I kind of, uh, French theorist who I was linking Corbet to, um, was, uh, yeah, George Bataille's second wife. Okay. Uh, or like Lacan's second wife, uh, Bataille's ex-wife. So this whole kind so of... So it's like she was a saposexual that was like trying to get on them in smart boys? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, maybe that was misogynist how yeah. I framed it. <laughs> <laughs> but she liked the the, the intelligent guys. I mean, yeah. I was not... <laughs> yeah. Uh, not to medicate about her taste. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a bad person. I know. No, no, no. It's just, no offense taken. Uh, <laughs> no, not to you. <laughs> You're yeah, yeah, a white yeah. man. <laughs> um... So he essentially, um, I, I started thinking about uh, Courbet's work with like landscapes um, and specifically landscapes and how kind of like they're interpreted essentially as kind of like uh, bodies mm-hmm. and more often than not kind of like the female body. Uh, but in general, kind of like um, orifices, essentially, like uh, <laughs> depicting like he did a lot of caves, a lot of like grottos. A lot of kind of like. <laughs> so he's just George O'Keefe. <laughs> Essentially. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, what I was thinking is like, what if we had all lived this whole time, like in an alternate universe where like uh, it was a matriarchy and like <laughs> just like the paintings about phalluses. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and the yeah. subjugation I of wish men. We, yeah. <laughs> That'd have been a great time. Yeah, <laughs> much different than it is now. Yeah, <laughs> we like to imagine different worlds. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty uh, hilarious, though. Like, yeah, because I mean, there is something that just has much more. Uh, I don't know if it's gravitas, but like, it seems a little bit more legitimate in George O'Keefe's, <laughs> or it it, it it lacks, George O'Keefe lacks that, like, problematic element of, like, because even the more, <laughs> the, the, um, Origin of the World is such a fucking, like, modernist, pretentious title, like, you, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> we are not at all analyzing the way we think about the world, we still think, we, we still speak in terms of, like, man and he and <laughs> yeah, you know yeah and birth yeah. and and yeah. death and and the yeah. woman is like this like sacred like uh pedestaled yeah. creature that like has no rights yeah <laughs> because of their like virtue yeah it's a fucked up like relationship it yeah. is yeah <laughs> totally so caves that's pretty <laughs> fucking funny though <laughs> yeah caves and kind of like frothing like oceans and kind frothing of, like... oceans that just sounds like a metaphor from a fucking yeah. uh, uh, romance novel <laughs> well yeah very well it could be um and so there's like and then um like uh bataille kind of where bataille comes in that's I was thinking the guy who was married like, to, to uh the first, sylvie bataille second wife. lacan's uh, second, second wife. wife yeah 
um, this George Bataille was uh, kind of involved in surrealism, um, but then broke off and was doing his own thing. Uh, surrealism runs from when to when specifically? Like, it's the 1800s to like. No. Um, oh, sorry. You said we were in the 18 somethings, right? Well, uh, Corbet was. Corbet was. Yeah, okay. yeah. Corbet and Bataille never met. They were in two different lives. Okay, so um, this is a generation later. Yeah, it's a generation later, and. Um, I would say, like, I think surrealism was maybe like that some, you know, 19, early 1800s to like the like 20s, okay. maybe the 30s. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm not specific on dates, but um, they had the two different lives. But uh, that's why I thought it was so, interesting. So, wait, so then is she's like she, the, the wife, the second wife of. Are we are we talking about a third gentleman that I'm f- no confusing? no no not really yeah Bataille and Corbet essentially Bataille and Corbet but then if they're different lifetimes how is the guy one guy's the second wife is she like an immortal <laughs> yeah she's <laughs> she uh, she never died she's still living <laughs> and she sits right before you yeah. <laughs> no so like so that's where I'm kind of uh, I mean yeah they so, so just, she's just, just this painting links links um, you know. Uh, Lacan and 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 Sylvie Bataille and Corbet. Like Corbet died, but you know the painting obviously like lived on. Like you know, and then Lacan bought the painting. Oh, Lacan. Okay, sorry. Way, so Lacan is the guy who married uh, Sylvie Bataille. Sylvie Bataille. Okay, that's yeah, that's yeah. the third uh, gentleman that I was confused about. Oh yeah, sorry. The, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. these guys are contemporaries, Bataille and. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, and yeah. they're both theorists. And then there's a painter. That and there's died. a painter. Yeah, yeah, in the 1800s, yeah. like Sky Corbet, who was like making. I mean, who knows if like there was he was like directly thinking about kind of um, bodies when he was making these like landscapes. Uh-huh. It's not like a ton of research about it, but uh, like Linda Nochlin, people have talked about that. Um, and so, like, I thought, yeah, well, it would be interesting if you like. Uh, kind of paired like the theories of uh, Bataille with like um, the paintings of Corbet, these two kind of French people, but like there hasn't been a ton of like kind of uh, comparisons between them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's what I, you know, proposed with. And that's what I went over there with um, mm-hmm. because uh, uh, along with um, uh, Bataille, he, he also had this idea of the informel, uh, formlessness in in mm-hmm. in English, which is like a, I think a really fascinating thing. And there was like a, a big show in the uh, at Centre Pompidou in Paris in the uh, early two thousands or late nineties. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's this idea that like uh, that form has championed, um, and this goes beyond painting to like form and and, and surface have championed. Uh, been championed throughout the ages, kind of Clement Greenberg esque, yeah. over like abstraction in many ways, and and and, for, and like lack of surface or formlessness, uh-huh. and so this like bring a, like of high to low and low to high, and Bataille thinks that like um, formlessness should be championed, and so like think about like Warhol's like piss paintings, um, uh-huh. and 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 many other kind of like kind of works that like are super abstract and don't deal with like form in, in many ways. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I think there's a lot of, even though Corbet's paintings are like full of form, like landscapes and, and people, right. There is like this parts of it that have like this formlessness, this like lack of surface. 
um, uh-huh. with, within like these like uh, grottos, within these like. So oceans. you're talking about when you get into detail of yeah the, of, of, like, of specific paintings of yeah. specific paintings. So like you you can't you can't say that the painting as a whole has it, but certain like if in you, certain senses, yeah. yeah, there is like this idea, this connection between like yeah a lack of form within those things. Uh huh. Um, and so yeah, that like led me over there, and I like got to like hang out in the. Musée d'Orsay and like Pompidou and like cool yeah so this is post grad work that you this did. is yeah just, it was amazing it was like, like the, a residency is that what it, it was is? residency okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cool that yeah. that sounds like a really influential like, period especially when you get into I spent um, some adult years in Florence without like my parents because I grew up in in Italy but it's oh, a little nice. different when you're there studying. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you can really learn about how people used to think Yeah, <laughs> in, in a very, uh, uh, applicable way to, to today. Like, I feel like, um, it's fun to not be myopic with ideology. <laughs> yeah. And so this, like, it sounds like a fun game to sort of take, okay, what if we take this and we like, is, is there other than the relationship between him and Lacan and the fact that he had the painting, is there a, um, uh, is, is the connection between them arbitrary otherwise, or is there more, more to the linking of it? Between, uh, Corbet and Bataille? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I think it's like, I mean, not that that's not like, I'm just, I, I, I'm not, that, I didn't mean it, it like, in a is that everything but it's like are there it, what what um like for example idea wise what are uh is there a t- generational changing of tide in what like uh corbet's um society the society that he was living in yeah. versus cuz a lot of Theory and philosophy is somewhat reactionary to, to to the generation to the previous generation. Yeah, totally. especially in that time period. So is that is is, is there like uh, is there is, is I guess one of the points about it the idea that there is um, uh, within those like details that yeah. you find that in you see sort of the seeds a little bit uh, ideologically as well because i mean a lot of painting does that anyway you, i mean that's kind of what uh uh the whole impressionist movement was about sort of just uh applying contemporary ideas into the style of looking right to yeah some, to some degree and the, yeah. the invention of the photograph and, and and all of that yeah so is that like kind of what you're talking about or yeah i mean i think you know but i never really like cared about art history, never cared about kind of Im- mm. impressionism or, um, he like was actually a big supporter of like super contemporary art. Like, um, mm. yeah. Of, like the surrealist artists. Uh, okay. and like, so funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> contemporary and, art immediately doesn't make me think of surrealist, but I'm glad you reminded me. <laughs> well, you know, of the time, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Of the painters of this time. Like, and where does, where, so where does uh, cubism comes before surrealism or it does? Yeah. yeah but and then around it, Cezanne, six, it, like, go, it goes Cezanne, cubism, and then, uh, surrealism, uh, surrealism right? Um, yeah, yeah. And that's not that far ago because within our lifetime, Dali was alive. So this is like the early This 1900s. is like the 
Yeah, the 30s and 40s. 30s and 40s. Yeah, when Bataille, when, yeah, when Bataille was like kind of writing about it. Yeah. Um, and 20s, for sure. I'm like flexing ignorance. I'm yeah. Like, hey, I don't know this. What is it? <laughs> <laughs> he had this, uh, this magazine called Documents where he kind of like, uh, you know, like um, he wrote about a lot of uh, the artists of his time. Like Picasso, he certainly wrote about, and yeah. Dali, and... Um, and, uh, so yeah, I don't think he was ever kind of like thinking about Corbett's like, um, painting practice. Uh, -huh. uh but some other people, other art historians have like talked a little bit about it. So I was like uh, interested in like that connection, um, that like, because there was no connection essentially. Yeah. And Corbett was... Corbett was... Uh, 19... The, like 1860s. 1860s. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, doing, you know, like very kind of like formal... Um, like landscapes, but like, I think there is like a lot of like psychology that you could like read into those. Yeah. Um, but is it projection or is it, is I mean, it, I don't it, know. There's like, do you, do you, do you like, is it something that you can do tying it into, I mean, cause to some degree, even with photography, like we know about Robert Frank being a photographer that comes from, uh, you know, th that's like a refugee from the war. He's yeah. a Swiss born, I think, and he lives out here. So I'm, I imagine that you can sort of tie into that, into the broader discussion of, um, of that. It's, it, I j that's just kind of how I approach like, uh, mm -hmm. art writing in general is the photography. So it's interesting because a lot of times you talk to painters and they don't, <laughs> they don't really like, uh, they, they're very intuitive. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Where do you stand? Like, it sounds like you're still somewhat, uh, um, loyal to painting, but also thoughtful about it in a way that maybe not a lot of painters that I've spoken to, which is unfair. Cause I've also had Sidney Karoski, yeah. Karoski on the show, but you know, like it's just not, um, it's not something that I really know about, like even contemporary painting. Like, yeah. well, how, if you could describe contemporary painting and its pursuits right now in a concise sense. Oh, man. It's... I'll put a drum roll. Um, <laughs> Dumb it down for me. Contemporary painting, uh, working in a world full of digital imagery uh, while simultaneously uh thinking about materiality. Okay. That's very helpful actually. <laughs> no, it's concise and yeah. helpful. I get it. Uh yeah. Because I think, you know, that's something I I think about my own practice is like being like inundated with a lot of images, whether it's like just from, you know, commuting or whether it's like online or whether it's just from art history and then like the act of like physically like painting, which I think is like something I really enjoy and like, you know, um, has your practice changed as you've become more, uh, modernized with iPhones and, and things like that? Because it sounds like what, it, what, what we're kind of talking about in general is its relationship to image making. Yeah. And, totally. and that's like the main yeah. concern of like, cause it used to be that you could paint something or you could, even in advertising, you could draw something like illustrators had were like, gangsters yeah not, not people you just mooched off <laughs> free work yeah <laughs> totally um 
I, yeah, definitely. Like with the, our phones now, like I'm like constantly taking so many pictures. Yeah. Like of everything that like interests me, you know, especially traveling. There's like, you know, that's just another opportunity to just see so much st- new stuff. Do you print from source images? Uh, oh, do you paint from source images? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, um, and is it representational stuff or, um, I would say no, but sometimes yes. Sometimes like if it's like, you know, directly from like a, uh, a sign on the street, then it's like going to have like, a you know, it's going to look like the sign from the street, Mm -hmm. um, or like the image from the street. Um, or like, but, uh, yeah, I also kind of like to think like in terms of like materials and like, push through like the materials of like paint to make, you know, push abstraction as well. Uh, so, uh, by that, you mean using specific kinds of paints that have relevance to yeah, like, the materials just like, matter. With- just like getting like, you know, just like the, just like gooping it around. Just, you oh, know, okay. like, just like getting like a lot of paint on your brush and like very tactile. Yeah. yeah. And like not really being concerned if it is like real, like realistic or if it like, is representational, mm. um, but just like the, you know, just like the the goopiness, the 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 materials of the paint. Is I like, literally just interviewed someone yesterday about blobs, and now I want to introduce the blobs into your vocabulary. Blobs. <laughs> yeah, um, it, uh, but it, is uh, what like what is your because uh, obviously we're talking about imageries that imagery that I have I mean I've sort of seen it on on Instagram but it's hard to get a real sense of like what the pursuits are yeah you know like when you like look at someone's install shots um, yeah but like here's what I'm curious about like what are the parameters that you perceive to painting that keep that that people try to violate. Like where 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 is it that you're like ah you can't really do that with painting because I do I feel that way about photography and I can relate to that sense yeah and and, I, and and maybe that will help me not necessarily understand the universal parameters of painting but um, give me a new insight into it that I could I could start to be like hey do I agree with Michael or is he full of shit yeah <laughs> when I look at paintings not like right here I'm not gonna challenge totally, you totally <laughs> totally I mean I that's gonna. I feel like you're not going to like this, but like... No, no, I, um, I, I'm i going to learn. <laughs> I don't... It's not about whether I like it. <laughs> I don't really like... Param- I don't like parameters in my own work, and I don't like okay. seeing parameters in other people's works. I've never, like, thought that, like... But specifically, you were talking about too much theory in work, so I don't... I'm not... Oh, you, that's okay. that's sure, what sure, I'm... Sure, sure. I mean, maybe parameters oh, okay. is a different... Is a, is a, is a, we're, we're a semantic confusion, a word of semantic yeah. confusion for us with how we're applying it. Yeah. But specifically, you were like... you, Which is what I think is like what not that painting has rules but what makes you question whether it's a successful painting right like what we were talking specifically about it has to be in the painting yeah you know rather than just be extra reading (laughs) well i think there's like i mean and this can kind of go in many different medias too like this i this notion of like excuse me um Getting a lot of like more more questions than answers when you're okay. when you're looking at something, right? Is that like yeah, happened yeah, to you in photography? Like you want to like leave with lots more questions um, than answers. And I I really like this um, this Ed Ruscha quote, uh, which I always is the kind of 
my mark of like a good work in sculpture, painting, photography, whatever. If a work, if a painting makes you say, um, huh, whoa, that is a bad painting. But if a painting makes you go, whoa, huh. Yeah, yeah. That's a good painting. Yeah, yeah. No, you want to leave uh, on the huh. Yeah. Because uh, if you leave on the whoa, then it's done. Yeah, yeah. Then you're like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, you. Yeah, it's, if something sticks with you afterwards and you're still thinking about it, that's effective. Yeah. Uh, I can see that. I agree with that. Um, so that's why that's that. I think that's like where that the crux of like how to like get, you know not. But get that's too still smart somewhat intuitive, and, though. Uh, and 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 you spoke specifically to text and theory about uh, uh, painting. So I want to get. I yeah. want to. It seems like you have a depth that I want to get into that I don't really fucking understand about painting. Like I'm 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 out of my depths. I studied a lot of like Renaissance and 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 uh, you know religious painting that was very influential to me growing up and still matters to me a lot. But when it comes to like postmodern painting or you know like i get modernism i get all of that shit i get uh yeah you, you know once we start to so like you're not a pro greenberg or do you what do you feel about him what do you feel about i think he no sure i think he was uh valuable in the kind of total discourse, discourse. but he wasn't right uh, no i don't think so yeah i mean yeah. I, I like i'm just that's i'm sh- Throwing out softballs yeah. here, but I, but trying to build up to like so like what who is a th- somebody is there a critic contemporary critic right now like uh, th- that uh, are there any voices that guide painting because it seems like there like it is um, I think the uh, the editor of uh, Texer Kunst um, okay Isabel Gra uh, okay is a really great critic. Um, so if I was inclined to learn what's going on in painting, that would be a good place for me to yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm glad I have it recorded so I can listen back and be like, yeah. okay, because I'm not <laughs> typing it out right now. But uh, but yeah, that, that's kind of what I... I mean, I, I don't know if we're touching your top, topic or if we're going away from it. I'm just curious. I, you you seem well-informed about painting and you want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm down to do it. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, and like, uh, yeah, uh, Rosalind Cross. Um, and so how do they see painting... Uh, that way you can explain to me perspectives that aren't necessarily yours, but describe to me what the broader painting discourse is so that I'm not, it's not that I'm an idiot or no, completely lost. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> right. you don't have to do that. It's not, no, but it, I, I just, I'm just not as well informed as I could be so that when I go up to a painting, I'm like, I'm, I am somebody that's coming and approaching it with more sophistication than, Oh, this I like it or not? Yeah. You know, like I have an understanding of what the rigor is, you know, which I do in other areas, but um, yeah, but it's hard to do it in all art areas, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think like with painting, there's like, um, I think, like, there's what makes things exciting right now is this, this abandonment, maybe of of uh, tropes of art history. Okay. Which I think is, like, interesting, you know, when it's, like, completely made, like, on a digital realm um, or things like that. Uh, Do you paint digitally as well? No. Okay. Not really. I mean, I do use a 
projector in some in some parts. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, sometimes it's like freehand as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not less concerned with the uh, how you get the painting done. More, I mean, like ultimately, if you're making something that's digitally made, it's it's like the end product is going to be different too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's that's more more where the question was coming from. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, what, if you could go back and in one word say what your topic is so we're not too far off, because was, uh, was it Kant or, or Corbet? Is Corbet your topic or was that a segue into a broader story about oh, your man, time in Paris? You could see my little notebook. It's... um. Just like question mark in the middle. Okay, <laughs> so pick a pick a, pick another stream. Let's do it. I mean, it's. I, think I just it's don't all... want to be so dominant, but I'm also like fascinated because I really fucking I am. This is like, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm literally having you people come over so they can teach me stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever you want to talk about is fine too. I think uh, one word maybe signs. Signs. Okay. Yeah. So semiotics specifically, or is that too too fancy a word? No, no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but like a, I think semiotics kind of implies a more language based. I learned that word on the show, by the way. Okay. It's on, it's on record. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Gulick showed it to me. He said it like twenty times, and I was like, yeah, "Wait, I'm gonna if you're gonna keep using it, I thought I could just let it slide." <laughs> but um, so, so yeah, I think like uh. Like, um, science would be a more appropriate because, like, uh, and, like, signifiers and the signified. Okay. Um, because I think um, semiotics, like, is more, like, um, you know, implies, like, a, a language-based part of, like, a research or, like, a question, right? Like, um, like the semiotics of uh, the body, like, uh-huh. you know, there's, like, lots of, like, uh, ways we can, like, use language to talk about uh, bodies and, or, you know, that's a broad topic, but... Um, yeah. But, like, science, I feel like, is is much more, like, what I'm, like, more interested in, like, the... And, like, what's being signified, like, in a painting, what's being, you know, what are the signs um, throughout, like, the painting, and, like, what are the signifiers, like... Um, so you said something that interested me that I think relates to what you're saying now is that there's an abandonment of tropes in contemporary art painting. Yeah. So before <laughs> it was trophy. <laughs> <laughs> what like was is that fair to say? It was like uh it was, was is, uh, trope like centric was was the painting or or were there cuz it seems like now you're saying there's a mass exodus from that. Yeah, I think like tropes were like a uh definitely like um uh like a big, a big aspect of so, and that would that would, to, to dumb it down for me, that would be like just referencing things and self-referencing yeah. and referencing other paintings. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Like, yeah, there's, like, and that seems to like require some level of prior knowledge to even know what painting is being referenced, or is it, or is it even pop culture? I mean, like tropes? you've seen like, uh, like Edouard Manet paintings, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. So like he, a lot of people like would kind of think like he was like this kind of. Uh, novel person of like doing a lot of these things, but actually he was like referencing many other like like Rubens and yeah, yeah. Um, and sounds like that. So there's a lot of tropes that like get recycled throughout kind of things. Okay. And um, you know, there's a, I think there's this abandonment right now um, that I think is fascinating and 
for example, like uh, Laura Owen's ten paintings, right? Like those when she first showed those, I think it set off like waves that like we're still like reckoning with with contemporary painters. Uh-huh. I think there's like it influenced a whole generation, like my generation, yeah, of of how we think about work. Um, because it was combining like um, the digital, but also use, like analog, but also like screen printing, but also like scale. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, and wasn't talking about kind of like necessarily, um, you know, the uh, the fertility like of a female figure holding like a vase of water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You> know, like <laughs> that's like a trope that's been like used so much as like. I mean, I like, got bored hearing. It. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean, not that you bored me, but you get what I'm saying is like yeah, I get. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you think that that ties to that that this abandonment of tropes ties to is tied to how we're like kind of especially in, it seems like. I would imagine this is a very specific American phenomenon because not not the rest of the world is, uh, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe tropes are out in all of painting throughout the globe. But I would, my impulse is to associate it with sort of what's happening in culture right now, where we're like looking back and like, you know what, everything we grew up with is is really problematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah so. totally. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So would it be fair to think that this is, uh, or to assume that this is an American phenomenon? Because, I mean, I've met some foreigners recently (laughs) who are quite problematic. (laughs) You know, it's a question. I mean, I have seen a lot of contemporary Chinese art that... um, Also deals with this? That also deals with abandonment of tropes. I think there's like, you know, China has a long history of... China was trying to, to abandon tropes like... During the revolution, too, though. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a little more concerning when they do it. But, like, you know, this, like, Chinese, like, landscapes and calligraphy and, like, you yeah. know, that's, like, still yeah, being yeah, practiced yeah. a ton. But I think, like, uh, contemporary, like, um, Chinese, I'm not to generalize, but, like, I think there is, like, this, like, really big push for, like, you know, not doing, like, purposely not thinking about the past and, like, yeah. and what all that brings because, yeah, there's, like, so much to explore that's pretty exciting that's nice to hear about painting that gives me hope in the world (laughs) no that's and that must be really exciting uh as a painter to to be in that moment to get to live in that moment where you don't have to you know yeah like (laughs) perpetuate the patriarchy for lack of a better (laughs) yeah totally yeah 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 so i mean there's like i i do like i was thinking about like um like reading my thesis from like four years ago now, it's like all those <laughs> ideas were so long ago, but I still kind of think about it in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, and now it's kind of like, where have I moved on to? Um, I mean, like, so like thinking about the body as a landscape, I've done like some performances about that. Uh-huh. Um, but now I've kind of moved on to the body as like a, as like a mechanism. Okay. Um, and like efficiency versus like inefficiency and capitalism versus like anti-capitalism within like the body. Uh, and I'm just going to do the whole big thing and then combining, um, my interests like in, in Rube Goldberg machines. Okay. I love that that guy gets that. This is my joke now every time I hear his name, but like that guy gets that. <laughs> that's so much fame, dude. That's such a great thing to be famous for. <laughs> but interestingly, there are uh, uh, internationally, there are uh, 
more Rube Goldberg's uh, type people that were working the same time as him yeah. that were doing similar cartoons. <laughs> that, Wait, so he did cartoons or I, I thought the Rube Goldberg machine was, so he never actually built He never them? made a machine. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> I'm going to call it the Michael Wood machine. Go ahead. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Would be so honored. Um, so like, yeah, thinking about how like, yeah, uh, like bodies and, and parts of bodies, uh, can be thought about as like landscapes and like all like different like not or you know not organs or not orifices like different things. Um, has like so like not <laughs> so like not you know, the easy ones. <laughs> yeah, like the mouth, right? Is like and like something like I I definitely think a lot about kind of um, de Kooning is like a big inspiration uh-huh. for me too. Like de Kooning was like uh, he painted mouths so much because um, he's like uh, you know. You can't. The mouth has, so, has such an important function, right? Yeah, you put dicks in it. <laughs> you put dicks in there. You put vaginas in there. Yeah. You put uh, words come out. Words come in. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally get it. <laughs> but you can't do those things like with the ear, right? No, or like yeah. with the eye. Yeah. Like we like, or the nose or whatever, like it, it, there's so much that happens and like, it's um, biased towards having dicks put inside of it. It's, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> sorry. I love it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's like, <laughs> yeah, there's just like a, like thinking about how that is like uh part of like, a, it's, it's this like, high low type of thing um you know and like high low i just can't couldn't get away from thinking high low bro because <laughs> <laughs> i had the commentary i just meant high low what uh in terms of the mouth yeah how like it's uh elevate like it's it's such an like an important like it's elevated to like this like it like uh you know bataille talks about how like um you know uh like intellectuals like that's how intellectuals get get their ideas across right it's like yeah that's the, pretty much one of the only ways it's to like kind of you know or your hand or whatever but like it's coming out of your mouth is like spouting off like mental masturbation i don't yeah, know yeah it's like, like the show yeah <laughs> <laughs> but what if you like just like think about it as like this base thing it's like where like spittle comes out of yeah yeah and, drool, and other gross ass shit and other gross ass shit <laughs> yeah and, or goes in like, phlegm yeah, yeah you know like that's that's fascinating to me like yeah, i think yeah. like um and then thinking about that as like as like a mechanism as like um parts of a, mach- a, a machine in a way as our body is like i you know i don't like think about like cyborgs and things like that but like more as like this old kind of fashion machine it's like it mm-hmm. has like parts and 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 wheels and cogs and you know, yeah, like yeah. joints and things like that um well i find interesting like actually sometimes i can get myself in a headspace i think i'm in it right now but like just the idea of like the the our reality and the technology that we have such a relationship with it it become it's sort of so normalized to me now that like things like just sex like the idea that that two humans like wanna like fuck each other just in general and like that's how like biology works it's like it's so um it kind of feels foreign sometimes, right? Like, like that—that yeah. that what you're attracted to is someone's body and their physicality and their presence, yeah. you know. And but like, we're still consciousness. I guess that might have something to do with how like communications is so 
uh, disembodied right now that like <laughs> that like the idea those ideas just become not not bizarre but like but you can definitely get into a place where you're just like wait what we do that yeah like we yeah. shit bodies yeah <laughs> like how does this make any sense because yeah. we have like this idea of efficiency with our technology and shit like that it's just the funny like uh that's what i find interesting about like the ideas that influence art you know like those are the kinds of things that like i mean not that that's like the greatest idea in the world but that sense of that, that there's definitely something about the sense of uh, alienation the sense of like distance that you, we start to feel from each other where like basic biological processes or bad smells yeah you know like have been like, like no one would want to time travel yeah <laughs> no one has the fucking of factory re- resistance i can barely walk through fucking downtown la sometimes it's like it's bad dude it so yeah so it's it's just funny how like sanitation was such a huge um like, murderer of <laughs> well a like, game changer for yeah. for for oh yeah the lack of it was the murder yeah no absolutely the lack of it yeah, yeah. and sanitation like brought about so much change so yeah. much modernity yeah as so much like more life yeah <laughs> <laughs> so much less smells and yeah. then we can be like hey aliens come here we'll fuck you up with yeah. our filth <laughs> we're disgusting creatures that just have no handle but that you, you do talk about i mean that's something i actually have written down is like in a way um this idea of the super stimulus okay are you familiar with, with no i don't know okay Something that, like, I've kind of uh, been, like, really kind of obsessed with uh, at the moment. So, you know, we, you know, we have reptile brains, right? Mm-hmm. Um, reptile brains. And, Some more than others, but yeah. Yes. And, and, and mammalian brains, right? Like, you know, we, like, want to have sex with each other. We want to, like, eat. We want to, yeah, like, yeah. Um, do, like, kind of the base things, right? Yeah. Um, but... Uh, you know, with the uh, acceleration of technology, uh, hasn't uh, kept like kept up with our evolution, with our kind of reptilian brains. Yeah. Um, so uh, a super stimulus is like an exag- an exaggeration, um, an exaggerated stimulus. Okay. Uh, so like, um, think about like junk food. Okay. Right? Uh, you have a plate of like flaming hot Cheetos. Um, your I left? like your selection. Because <laughs> my students like love those. It's like too number, much for me. It's their number one snack in class. I'm wow, like, man. Okay. How are they even paying attention? They're just like. <gasps> oh, they're not. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> trying to recover from the flames. Wow. And then you have a plate of like broccoli. <laughs> Something that's your like students do not like healthy for you right yeah. like that's good for you that like you're you know like will like make you feel better um uh you know like nutritionally but do you <laughs> but then what do you choose right yeah like you have those exaggerated flavors on the left and then like your like normal flavors on the right you're de- probably will choose the Flaming Hot Cheetos. Or at least, like, crumble the Cheetos on top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Or um, maybe even, like, going back to, um, like, talking or smelling. Like, would you rather uh, go across the street to your neighbors and talk to them? Or would you rather just send a quick text? Yeah. Like, both can be done. 
Uh, yeah, and there di- there there's different reward mechanisms in each because obviously like interacting on social media and stuff like that does give you some like uh, approval. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but uh, but it's but it definitely. Do- I mean, in the end, it really doesn't. Like, oh, diminishing returns for sure. Because then you're just like, I haven't gotten my dopamine fix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But social media is an exaggerated form yeah, for of, sure uh, of uh, interaction. For of sure. interaction. Yeah, and you get to glorify yourself and, you know, yeah. be like, hey, guys, look at how smart I am. I have people come over to my house and talk to me about art. Yeah. Bam. <laughs> All the likes come in. I'm like, I'm doing well. <laughs> no, but it's this... totally, it, it really is. Uh, it's a mind fuck. It totally is. Yeah. Which is, which is like, um, yeah, I, I know, like. It, I don't know that it's going to be any less obnoxious, but there are probably going to be people that just refuse, like, to use any of these, like, iPhones and stuff. Like, it may, not not in our generation, but there, <laughs> it's so fucking pervasive that it, it's going to be punk rock not to be part of that. Yeah, right? and there's yeah, yeah, and like we say, there's always a, a reaction to, like, the previous generation. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, like, a little... You got, like, in, to kind of bring back to, like, skepticism, it's like, okay... Sure, you are making a statement by like I don't watch um, Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, because like oh no no I'm not talking about that. But but, I get what you're saying. But you know, okay, great. You're like not taking part of like this a cultural kind of like um, uh, touchstone. Touchstone. Yeah. Yeah. Like cool, good job. Like you're not like I don't I don't mean it like that. I think that I I think that there there are gonna be kids that are like uh, maybe aware of how toxic this shit is and i think that just as as i think this is all so new to us yeah you know like even facebook like that shit's gotten out of hand <laughs> yeah oh totally and so so that i think it's so stupid like so many old people on facebook Ugh, yeah it's... but but it's still a thing and it ru- rules our lives whether or not we have them <laughs> i mean i have a facebook page that i don't ever use and i have one for the uh, for the show yeah but it's it's such a like it's one of those things like, okay, well, you know, I'm not going to close it. I don't know why, but yeah. And even if I close it, there's still going to be a page about yeah. me yeah. of information that they can use to reference. It's like, it, it's this inescapable, um, force of our times. What's my thesis is produced by Javier Proenza, who is talking in the third person. Reach out at what's my thesis at gmail.com. And follow us on all social media at What's My Thesis. Don't forget to review and subscribe. And if you donate to our Patreon, this is where I'll give you a shout out and make up what kind of art you make based entirely on your name and nothing else. <laughs>